We're going to be in the book of John, chapter 17. You may recognize that chapter. I was there last week. Just want to uh, preach for just a little bit longer on the subject that Jesus is praying for you. Last week we hit some of those uh, highlights of John chapter 17, but to know that Jesus is praying for you is uh, just a uh, an amazing thing. John chapter 17, we'll read verse 9, skip down to verse 20, and then quickly go to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 uh, as we uh, have those supporting texts. John 17 verse 9, I pray for them. Can you say that with me? I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, we're going to talk about that, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Hebrews 7.25 Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Say, make intercession for them. Last week, I kind of preached an introduction to John chapter 17. We talked about some things, uh, and today we're going to go into a, a little bit of more on that. But I want to give a little bit of a, hopefully, a brief summary of where we were last week. There's no way that I can just re-preach that. Uh, actually, I ended up preaching that three times last week. Uh, first service, second service, and then in Liberty, Kentucky at a little uh, church that I was invited to preach uh, to down there. So it, it's a, a powerful word to understand that Jesus is praying for you. He, he tells us, he said, uh, he was about ready to go to the cross. So in the shadow of the cross, he preaches this. Uh, and, and that's amazing for me to think about. Think about what you would be feeling and anticipating if you were about to go to the cross, but yet Jesus takes time and he prays for us. And he uh, singles out his disciples that were then, but yet also all of us who are to come. So Jesus is praying for you. And then Hebrews 7.25 says that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So look at your neighbor and tell him one more time, Jesus is praying for you. Now, I found it very interesting, uh, not only that Jesus is praying for us, but that he prayed for himself. We talked about that. He prayed for himself. It's amazing to me that the, the, the living Son of God would pray for himself, but I think it's a model for us that we need to pray for ourselves. Can I tell you that it's great to pray for your family. It's great to pray for your friends and for your pastor, don't leave me out, and for your church and all of those kinds of things. But we need to follow the example of Jesus and we need to pray for ourselves. It's important that we uh, lift ourselves up in prayer. Really, it's praying that actually humbles us so that God would use us. Because when we pray, we're telling God that, I need you. I can't do this on my own. So don't forget to pray for yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, pray for yourself. And then we discovered that Jesus is our advocate. He's on our side. He stands between us and the Father. And he represents us. He prays for us. He 
points out, even though that we have some sin in our lives, that he paid the price for all of that. And so we can stand uh, in the presence of God. The Bible tells us that we can come before the throne of God with boldness because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus is our advocate. He's on my side and on your side. Look at your neighbor and say, he's on your side. And then we discovered that Jesus prays for us because we're in the world. How many this week have felt like you were in the world? Amen? Uh, sometimes the world hits stronger than at other times, but we are in the world. And there are things that come against us and issues and problems and all kinds of things, but we don't have to fret and worry that we're not going to make it through this world because Jesus is praying for us because he knows that we are in this world. He knows what it is like to live in this world. He is the God-man we talked about. And so Jesus prays for us because we are in this world, and he prays for us to be in unity. Now, I don't want to skip past this too quickly, but unity is important. If you want to do things successfully in this life, unity is important. Most of us need other people. Can I get an amen? And certainly we as the people of God, Christians, and as the church, the living body of Christ, we need one another. The Lord didn't call us to be lone rangers and, and to go and do all of this by ourselves, but he called us to be a part of a body of Christ. I think it's important to be a part of a local body, a church in your area that you can go and fellowship and be a part of. But that unity wasn't just with each other. We talked about last week, that would be impossible for us to have a perfect unity without Jesus helping us, without the Holy Spirit helping us to be in unity. But it's a unity like the Father and the Son are in. And that's a perfect unity. And because when we're in fellowship with the Lord and fellowship with God and fellowship with one another, then things just go right. Can I get an amen? Uh, when you're a, a part of what God is doing and he brings us uh, to this place of unity, it is supernatural kind of unity. And then we said that Jesus prays for us because we have a purpose to fulfill. You see, it's kind of a theme of my preaching is that we have a purpose to fulfill. I, I don't think we need to go through this world thinking that we have no importance and no value. Because the world will tell you that kind of thing, right? They'll say, you don't mean nothing, you are nobody. The devil will try to convince you that you have no value or no worth. But what I want you to know is that you have the Spirit of Christ living inside of you, therefore you have value and you have worth. And if you did not have value, what was Christ doing when he went to the cross? To pay for your sin and mine. He values us. Not because of who we are personally, but because we are His. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm His. I'm, I'm the Lord's and I have value and I have a purpose to fulfill. And as I look at this prayer, 
There's so many things contained in it. I could honestly spend another week preaching about it. I don't think that I will, but I think this is probably one of the greatest prayers that you will see in the Bible. It amazes me that Jesus is here praying in the shadow of the cross. He's going to the cross in just a few days, and still he understands the purpose of praying for his disciples. And not only does Jesus pray for us, but he told his disciples just before this, I'm going to be going, and when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, one like Jesus. That's what that word means. So you have one like Jesus in like manner, like theme of his life. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. So Jesus is praying for us, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, giving us the strength and the comfort that we need to make it through this world. But even better than that, how many are grateful that Jesus is praying for you? But have you ever gone to prayer? for a need, and you just had no idea how to pray. I, I can tell you that I have. I'm not too proud to tell you that. Many times I will know how to pray, and, and I'll have a, an understanding of how to pray, but there are times when we just don't understand. We don't know how to pray for somebody or for, for a situation, and then the Holy Spirit kicks in and begins to pray through us when we don't even know how to pray. So Jesus is praying for me. And then the Holy Spirit is praying for me because I don't know how to pray. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? He's praying through us and in us and for us. And can I tell you, if, if God be for you, who can be against you, right? So he's praying for us. What are some of the other things that he prays about in this text that we see here? He, he prays that we'll have eternal life that's pretty powerful he is in prayer to the father and the disciples are listening in sometimes we get a little nervous when we know people are listening to our prayer you ever been called on to pray out loud in a service and you, uh, you get kind of nervous and you know all those kinds of things but can i tell you god's not worried about that he knows that this is just a conversation with him. Last week we said that prayer was simply communicating with the Lord. So don't worry if you're called on to pray and you stumble over your words a little bit. Don't you stumble over your words a little bit when you're just talking to regular people too? Or maybe that's just me. But God just wants you to communicate with him. And so Jesus is talking with the Father about eternal life. And we can draw from the context of this that he's praying for his disciples and us who will follow that we would receive eternal life. That was the purpose of him coming. He's praying and he says, what is eternal life? It's a question for us today. What is eternal life? What does it mean to live eternally? Can I tell you that we all will live eternally? The question is where? Will we live it in heaven with the Lord or will we be in destruction and in hell? That's the question. Jesus says to the Father, what is eternal life but to know God? 
and to know Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ? Is he the Lord of your life? Is he your Savior? Because I can tell you that the enemy tries to tell you that you are not saved and that you will not have eternal life in Christ. Am I, am I preaching this morning? Am I telling the truth? He might not tell you so much now that maybe you're a little bit more mature in the faith and you've gone a little further, but can I tell you, the very first thing that I tell somebody when they come forward for prayer and they give their heart and life to the Lord is, don't listen to the enemy. He'll tell you it didn't mean nothing. He'll tell you you don't have eternal life. You didn't really get saved. You just said a few words, but I want you to know that Jesus is praying that you would have eternal life with him. I'm ready for that, amen? We're already living in eternal life because the Christian does not die. He simply changes and he walks through a door and he's in eternity with Christ. Eternal life. Now, I said we'd talk about what Jesus said. He said, I don't pray for the world. Now, how many believe that Jesus doesn't care about the world? We know that's not true, right? Why did he say that? Because he's going to the Father specifically for his disciples. We know that Jesus loves the world. He cares for the world. One of the most known scriptures, you'll probably see it tonight. Uh, By the way, you guys look good here. You're ready ready for the chiefs, right? You'll probably see tonight. He's not for the chiefs, by the way. 49ers. You'll see scriptures on some people tonight when you watch. And they'll say this from John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Jesus didn't say, I don't pray for the world because I don't care for them and I don't love them and I don't want them to be saved. He simply said, I've got to pray for my disciples because it's a crucial and a critical time. Uh, Am I helping anybody today? Uh, You see, the Lord knows when you're entering into a crucial and a critical time. He knows that we are in the last days, and therefore he prays for us. His purpose has never changed. His theme is that he came to seek and to save the lost, but yet he prays for us, his disciples. And he prays that we'll be kept from the evil one. Verse 15. Kept from the evil one. Satan is real. The devil is real. He does try to attack. He does try to accuse. He does try to come against you. And so Jesus is praying that you'll be kept from the evil one. He's praying that you will also be kept, and it's all included in this, from the evil of this world. Can you see the evil of this world? It seems to be growing and multiplying. And so Jesus is praying for you that you won't be overcome, that you won't be swept into temptation, that you won't be caught up in the evil of this world and the evil one of this world. And he is praying for you that you'll have victory, that you'll have faith, that you'll keep going. Anybody need that kind of uh, prayer for you? Uh, that you're not going to give up. Somebody help me preach this morning. That you're going to have faith that the Lord's going to touch you and heal you and make ways for you where it seems impossible. You, you see, we need the Lord to pray for us to keep us from the circumstances and the evil of this world. Aren't you glad he's praying for you? 
If you don't think you need to be prayed for, you're in better shape than I am. I need to be prayed for. And Jesus, as he continues to pray, he says, God, I've manifested your name to the people that you've given me. What does that mean? I've shown them the essence of who you are, God. I've shown them your character. I've shown them your heart. In other words, Jesus, as his disciples were listening in, they're hearing, if you have seen Jesus, then you have seen the Father. I wonder, can it be said of us? If they've seen us, then they've seen Jesus. Do we live in that manner? I'm not here to bring condemnation. We all need help. Amen? And so the Lord's praying for us. He's praying for us that we will overcome the evil. He's praying for us. Uh, he's manifesting himself in the, in the name of the Lord to us. And he's praying that we'll intimately know the word. If you never catch anything that I say to you, hear this. This is one of the most important things in your life. The Word of God. It's powerful. And Jesus prays for us here in this passage that we would not just surface know the Word, that we would not just, uh, it might be able to bring a little bit to our recognition, but that we would intimately know the Word. Why would you need to intimately know the Word? Because when you go through some things, you, you've got to have something to hang on to. Am I, am I preaching to anybody today? You, you've got to have something to, to hold or take a hold of faith and, and understand that God's going to help me get through this. And it's His Word that we hold on to. It's His Word that we get a sure foundation and a grip upon so that we can make it through this world. I want you to know that Jesus wants you to intimately know the Word intimately know the word it's important he's the word jesus spoke and all that we see and know all of creation came into existence that we would know intimately the word of god now jesus is also praying for us that we would be with him in heaven Wow, that's good. You didn't even get excited. What is the hope that I have? You see, I can make it through this world and the trials and the temptations and everything that beats against me, even the attack of Satan upon my life, because I know that there is a hope, a secure hope that I'm going to be with the Lord and there be with him forever in heaven. If this world was it, it would be kind of hard to have hope, wouldn't it? But Jesus prays for you that you'll be with him in heaven. He was telling his disciples, the Holy Spirit's going to come after me. And he said, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Whew. Have you seen what God did with the earth and with the planets and the stars in just six days? And he's been gone over 2,000 years preparing 
Ooh, hallelujah. A place for us. Where the thing that you walk on, which is one of the most precious minerals in the earth, gold, is just something to step on and walk on. Streets of gold. <laughs> Pure, almost like glass that you could see through them. Gates of pearl. Not pearls, just one big pearl. Everything surrounding the throne, surrounding Jesus. Foundations of all kinds of different gemstones. Imagine. Jesus prays that you're going to make it to be with him. That is so powerful. Hear me. Because the devil is going to say, you ain't going to make it. You don't have the strength. I'm going to take you out. Am, am I preaching this morning? Does he do that to you? Does he, does, does he say, you're, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. No, I'm not. That's why I'm relying on the grace of Jesus Christ. You see, I don't have to stress and worry. Do I need to have things right with the Lord? Absolutely. I want to have a good relationship with the Lord. But what the devil says is not going to keep me from heaven because uh, Jesus is praying for me, and he's praying for you. And by the grace of God, we're going to make it. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of those who've gone on before. Makes me tear up when I think about it. I'm looking forward to looking at all the stuff, but most of all, of seeing Jesus. The one who died for me. Can I just give you some peace? If you know Jesus is your Savior, you're going to make it. No matter what happens in this world. No matter what becomes of you, you're going to make it if you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's praying for you. Hmm. He's praying for us. That we would have unity. We spoke about unity. But the purpose of the unity is so that others would be led to Christ. Our love is supposed to be so strong and so deep and so unified that when the world looks at us and our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, that they say, there's something different about them people. I need to have what they have. And so they're drawn to Jesus because of how we love each other. Jim Smith used to say all the time, our pastor, for about three and a half years before he passed away, I love you and there ain't nothing you can do about it. We need to have that kind of love. A love that just draws people in. When you walk through the doors, that's the kind of love that keeps people here. And draws them in. That we love each other. And we love Jesus. Jesus prays that we'll have a unity that leads others to Christ. He prays that we'll continually experience his love and presence. Hmm. Aren't you glad to know that Jesus loves you? And it's not based upon how good you have been. It's based upon that you have him in your life 
He loves you. It's not something you earn. It's not something you deserve. He just loves you. And when you get up in the morning, because morning's going to come, you can feel His presence in your life and His love in your life. Why? Not because you've been so good and you've been so perfect, but because Jesus is literally praying that you will feel God's love and His presence. I feel it right now. He's here. And finally, we see in this chapter that Jesus prays that His joy would be fulfilled in us. His joy. By the way, my granddaughter's here for the first time today. I hear acting up a little bit back there. She brings me a lot of joy. But we're talking about a joy that only Jesus can bring. Amen. Not happiness, because happiness is based on happenings. But joy, which is all about that relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that it is the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And so Jesus is praying that you'll have joy, therefore that you will have strength to get through and to make it. He's praying for you, that you'll have joy. Look at your neighbor and smile at him real big and say, you need to have joy. Why, why do you say that, Pastor? Because I've known some Christians that look like they were baptized in pickle juice before. But you need to have some joy in your life. Jesus brings joy. He is the source of our joy. And the world needs to see you having some joy. A lot of people don't, they, they'll say things like, uh, you know, after I've done all the things that I want to do in this world and I've lived all these things and I've experienced all these things, then I'll come to Jesus. Why do they say that kind of thing? Sometimes it's because they look at you, mm, my life and your life and they don't see the joy. They need to see joy in your life. They need to see a smile on your face. They need to see that you have some joy and some peace and some happiness in your life. Doesn't he bring that? He brings that to your life. Jesus is praying for you. Can I just speak his joy over your life? Maybe you need it in a, in a greater manner. I've had people walk up to me and say, are you mad? No, I'm just a really serious person. But I need to work on extending that smile and that joy. I'm not going to ask you to say anybody else. You know who you are. If that didn't hit you, then it might be you. But anyway, we need to have a smile on our face and joy in our heart. And Jesus is praying that we would have that. Because it's infectious. It really is. And people will want to know Jesus if they see that you have a smile and joy in your heart.